0: A reading from the third chapter of James, beginning with the thirteenth verse. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show you by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Adulterers. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is for nothing that the Scripture says God yearns jealously for the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us? But He gives all the more grace. Therefore it said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and were afraid to ask him. When they came to Capernaum, And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. So... James asked you a question today. Who among you is wise and understanding? I kind of want to say me, but God man, I do some of the same stuff over and over, you know? Things that don't make sense. I say some of the things, same things that got me in trouble 20 years ago. I still say them. And I got to thinking, what does it mean to be wise? And I read somewhere that knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Did y'all know that? I only learned that a few years ago. It made sense. It's got seeds in it, right? But it looks a lot like a vegetable to me. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom, this person said, not to put it in a fruit salad. (laughs) That's good, isn't it? I'll be honest with you, that helps me a little bit. Wisdom is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but also knowing what it shouldn't be used for. We could use that in all kinds of terms. We could say, we know that the tongue is a powerful instrument going off what James said to us last week. That would be knowing And then wisdom would be not to call someone an ugly name just to make yourself look better. Knowing bad results. Wisdom comes from having bad experiences and learning from them. I believe that. Some of the best lessons I learned in my life, I learned because I did something utterly stupid. Any rest of y'all in that club? And you look back and, you know, you just wonder, what in the world was I thinking? Maybe your parents said, son, what were you thinking? And, you know, like if you were like me, you said the only thing, I have no idea. And I never seemed to satisfy my parents. And my mama would say, don't you know better than that? And what she was asking me is, aren't you more wise? Are you not more wise than to put yourself in that situation? Well the obvious answer was no, because I had done it. But still she wanted to remind me that there was wisdom to be learned there. Do you hear that, church? There's wisdom to be learned when your tongue gets away from you and sets your friendships and your relationships on fire. Those things only go to waste. Our mistakes only go to waste when we refuse to humble ourselves and realize that we are the problem. So I find it interesting that James says, resist the devil and he will free from you because sometimes the devil we had the most trouble with is ourselves. A friend of mine said one time, Lord, lead us not in temptation because I can find it all by myself. <laughs> Wisdom is knowing what something can do and knowing when to allow it to do it. Does that make sense? I hope that's helpful. Because James just asked us who is wise. (laughs) And suddenly I realized maybe I'm not so wise after all. Maybe a little bit, maybe in some things, but not in some others. So we've been hearing James say to us that The faith that matters is faith that's alive, faith with a pulse, living faith, faith that flows in us, that moves in us, that moves us to act. Faith that is alive is the faith that transforms our heart and causes us to want to love others. And the love there that Jesus is talking about is a love of action. The love that James is talking about is a love of action, of service. And faith comes alive in us when we serve someone else. because to serve someone else we have to deny ourselves something there are no true gifts without sacrifice involved but when self-sacrifice is involved relationships can be transformed renewed and healed living faith dear ones works against the tongue And living faith leads to wisdom. A living faith will tell us when we mess up that Christ will still forgive us. When we find ourselves trapped in sin or caught in a sin, wisdom. Living faith says to us, confess, for then you will be forgiven. It says to us, use your words. That kind of growth is what Paul expects for us out of salvation. In Ephesians 2, you know these verses. Beginning in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what He has made us. He's speaking to believers in Christ. We are becoming God's workmanship. God's craftsmanship is on display in us. God is transforming, renewing, reworking us. He is saying we are being created again in Christ Jesus for good works. Because it's out of them that living faith produces fruit and wisdom. We have been saved for a purpose in this world. Believe it or not, the ultimate purpose of your faith is not to get you a get out of hell free card. The ultimate purpose of your faith is to please God. And we please God when we live wise lives that are submitted to God and put others first. Living faith produces fruit in us. And by God's work, we become a kind of first fruits of all of God's creatures. Evidence in the world that God has not abandoned creation. As we are transformed and a living faith takes root in us and good works begin to flow from us, we become signs and symbols in the world that God is at work making all things new. That's our promise in the book of Revelation that the one who sits on the throne is busy bringing about a new creation. And you, dear ones, If you are in Christ, Paul says, you are part of that new creation. If you are in Christ, you are new creation, he says. So it's fitting then that Paul would warn us that sometimes our tongues fight against being renewed. Sometimes our tongues work against us. But we know that we are steered by them, he says. And so we might wonder, how is it that we could use the tongue for something other than burning people down? And so we remember that there are things that we do with the tongue that shape us as Christians. Confession. Forgiveness. Proclamation, instructing, teaching right doctrine, affirming faith, prayer, and what we are doing today, worship. All of these things turn us away from the vain idols of this world. They turn us away from a dead faith that is self-serving. A faith that we have just so we don't have to go to hell. That's a pitiful reason to follow Jesus. There's so much better... I like everybody else, I'm afraid to go to hell, so I like Jesus. But there's so much better than that in a relationship with Christ. There's so much better than having our thoughts turned to some sweet by and by far away because God is active in this world. And through your salvation, through the renewal of your whole self, through the renewal of your mind, your spirit and your tongue and everything else that goes along with it, you are being invited to join God where God is at work and fall into the utter ecstasy of being surrounded with the near presence of Christ. And you don't have to walk out of that to go to work on Monday morning, to play golf on Tuesday, to fish on Wednesday or wherever, because that reality goes with you wherever you go. And that's where wisdom is born. Knowing that Christ is with us. But James reminds us there's still that dang tongue. I remember... When we were trying to help our daughter, and I meant to tell you this story last week. We were trying to help her with her temper a little bit and trying to help her with her frustration by reminding her that instead of yelling and gyrating in the car or on the floor, she could use her words, right, and tell us what was wrong. And so on this one occasion... Something happened where Leanne was flipping out. I think it was in the car, but I'm not certain. And Samantha said to her, use your words. And she said, I don't have the words. (laughs) Right? And a lot of times when our tongue lets go of us, is because we don't have the words to express what's bothering us about someone else or about even more likely ourselves. Because I have learned that most of the time when we blow up on someone, it's because we were mad at that other person over here. Or we're mad at ourselves. And then sometimes we blow up on people's choir because we're mad at God. Sometimes we turn our tongue loose because it's really what's down in our heart. Remember I told you last week about Jesus saying that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes that horrible thing we say is actually what's in here. But living faith can drive that out. A living faith that seeks to serve others and bear witness to Christ by doing so can drive out all of the ugly and hurt that's in us and replace it with the peace of knowing that we are truly in the presence of Christ wherever we go because, dear ones, we are the body of Christ. Why should we allow the body of Christ to be steered by the tongue? if where the tongue wants to go is sin and hell. So we're called to use our words, to be people of a word. And so James says to us, who is wise among you? Who is wise enough to use your whole self To bear witness to the goodness of the risen Christ. That's what wisdom is for him. It's not the bitterness and envy that come as we seek to better ourselves and better our own kingdoms, but the peace and the gentleness that come when we seek to serve the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Using our words helps to draw our heart near to God, to the heart of God which is the place of wisdom from above. And so James says, Who is wise? Who is wise among you? Who is seeking God? Who is submitting God to God? Who is drawing near to God? If we use our tongues for the purpose of drawing near words of confession, saying who we are and who God is. Words of forgiveness, understanding that gentleness, peacefulness, being willing to yield and being full of mercy are the wisdom that comes from above. And that this is the wisdom that was demonstrated to us by Jesus. Words of proclamation as we tell others what He has done for us. When is the last time you said to anyone the difference that Jesus makes in your life? Or have you ever done that? Have you ever spoken a word about Jesus to another human being? If you do, dear ones, you will find yourself using your tongue to draw closer and closer to the heart of God. tongues for words of instruction and right doctrine. We teach our understanding of God as revealed to us through the Scriptures. We use words of affirmation as we come together and acknowledge the Father, the Son, and the Spirit through the creed and that we are one with Christ and get this, one with each other as we announce the communion of saints that we're in this together but we together are a ship that can be steered to the wrong place. If we do not Seek to control our tongue. Which brings us to prayer. As we praise. As we offer our presence to God. And our needs to God. We are reminded that we are not God. And finally in worship. We demonstrate the words of the magnificence of the God of Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who comes to us and meets us though we are not wise. Who comes to us at our worst. Who calls to us even before we knew him. Even when we were enemies of God, God was actively calling to us, seeking us out to draw us into a relationship with Jesus so that we could be healed and transformed and released from the sin and death that the tongue would continue to speak. And so James is essentially asking us, do we want that or not? Are we wise enough to abandon the vain idols of this world and instead submit to God? Are we wise enough to stop chasing after stuff for ourselves and instead chase after people for Christ? Are we wise enough to lay down our kingdoms and take up the cross? Or will we flutter about in ignorance and assume that this is all about us? That this place, That our ancestors was built just for us. That this community that Christ has bound together in the heart of God is just for us. Will we be wise and seek to submit to God in all things and to draw nearer to God? What an important and beautiful promise it is for us that if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. There are no condition statements. There's no if you're good enough, if you're smart enough, bright enough, beautiful enough, active enough, had the right clothes, had the right mindset, had the right hair, had the right color hair the right type here, all of those things that the world uses to make distinctions between us, God abandons and calls and says, Simply come and draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And in that drawing near, dear ones, you become wise. So when James asks, Is there anyone among us wise? The question that's before us is in the midst of all of the troubles that we have. Are we drawing near to God or are we treating God like our servant? It is the foolish who look to God as one who simply meets our needs. It is the wise who look to God and say, here is one I need. If we feel like God is distant from us, dear ones, we are the ones who move. For God has constantly called you and will forever call you to God's side. The wise amongst us are those who refuse to live with a dead faith. The wise amongst us are those who will not settle for a dead faith but want more and more of the living God. The wise amongst us are those who bend their knees in prayer and worship and seek the face of God throughout their lives. The wise amongst us are those who know that the mistakes they have made do not define them, but that the mercy God extended to them in those mistakes is what defined them. The wise amongst us are those who draw near to God. They use their words. They submit to God rather than this lifeless world. So James asks us, Who is wise and understanding among you? Submit to God. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And then, dear ones, then we can say to James, here we are. We are those who have chosen God over the vain things of this world. My prayer is that you will respond to this text in that way. Because you are being sent into the world to be wisdom in the midst of folly. When this service comes to its end, your service begins. And you leave these doors to be proclaimers of the death and resurrection of Jesus, which has the power to transform the most ignorant of sinners into the wisest of saints. The power that has a church. You. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.